Welcome to the Gratitude Cafe, positive radio to feed your soul. Your dynamic host and founder, Sue Lundquist, will bring you her own intuitive talents and gifts for co-creating, healing, and teaching. Her show, The Gratitude Cafe, Positive Radio to Feed Your Soul, is focused on bringing you to a higher place each week where you can leave the hustle of life at the door. So pull up a chair and join us for The Gratitude Cafe, Positive Radio to Feed Your Soul. Cheerleading, Benny. Yeah, where your pom poms? I don't see them. I don't see them. Where your pom poms? Pom poms. Oh, oh, those poms. Oh, pom poms. Oh, oh, I was a little slow on that one. I got it. I'm. If you guys can see Benny's face, he's just like. I've also had, I think, five more hours of awake time. Yes, I think you have. Well, yeah, you were here at four, five, four thirty, four thirty. Yeah. Dang, girl, boy. I don't know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> I, I'll accept it. That's yeah, fine. I'm so used hey to... Hey, girl. Hey, girl. <laughs> you are here early. Mm-hmm. We do want to celebrate Pride Month oh, on top of that, too. So that's probably lovelies. why I get it. Yes, that's I do have it. pierced ears, that's too. My, so. Yes, yes, yes. My lovelies. I it's guess. not awkward at all now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. It's Tuesday. Look at the Pacific Northwest. Gorgeous day we have. Our international people. I wish you guys could see. It is absolutely. Do we know? I didn't hear the weather, love. Is it oh, high yeah. 70s, all, all 80s? week long. Here, let's just move the camera over to the oh. windows and everyone can see the beautiful pass all the equipment if you're on online. Uh, if you're online, it's absolutely oh, it's beautiful. And yeah, go to triple W or no. Yeah, triple W 1150kkw.com. Mm-hmm. It's all washed out. So, yeah, it's just, it's beautiful. And it's fresh air and it's not smoggy and there's no humidity, but perfect. It's perfect. We have a lot going on today, Benny. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. We have got, uh, well, we're going to be talking about courage and we're going to be talking about the habit of courage. Um, Before, are you giggling or are you? I was doing both. I giggled and I kind of coughed at the same time because I said, mm hmm, Mm -hmm. like, you know, a little sassiness. (laughs) That you missed that too. I did. I'm so sorry. I got right into my program. <laughs> yeah, do your do your shtick. Do my shtick. All right. It's Sue Lundquist here. It's a gratitude cafe. You know we are goofy, but it's all for love. It's all for you, and it's for the new perspective, new thoughts, new ideas, a new you. That's why I bring myself and incredible guests of all shapes and sizes. Can I say that? Shapes and sizes yeah, why not? and backgrounds. Aren't we? And, yes, we are. Um, today we have a guest and I'm going to announce her in just a minute. I want to remind all of you that my craziness, so go from crazy, craziness to clarity, is launching and the virtual program is out and has launched. If you guys are interested in having this private tool, private session, private education from the the comforts of your own home, please, I highly recommend you going to www.sulunquist.com forward slash C to the number two and C. So letter C, the number two, letter C. You're getting a ton of free information, a ton of free videos. There's 18 videos all together. They go really quick, effective tools. You have a lifetime membership when you join you also get um, a, well, you have lifetime access. Let me clarify that. You have lifetime access to the course, and you also get a 30-day free membership to my membership course online as well, and a ton of free videos. So if you are looking, I know we're in the process of shedding emotions, shedding guilt, shedding 
of, you know, people too. We have, you know, we're setting up boundaries. We're, we're saying a respectful no and how that all looks in our life. So if you're looking for self-management tools, tips, real life, practical app, application tools, <laughs> I was trying to say applicable, but that's a really big mouthful. Try that, Benny. Applicable. Uh, no, I'm good. Thanks. Wow. Yes, real-life practical tools. Go to SueLenquist.com, C2C. All right, let's jump in. I'll admit when I can't hang. So, yeah, you know. man, you're really good That's about what the last host is names. For. That's you. And, That's yeah, you. but you're, you're really good at the last names and all that. I just am butcher them. So did you get this one? We're going to see. Okay. All right, we're going to do it. Josh Parkinson, let me stop well, right here. Well, that one's here. easy. Yeah, well, that one's easy. <laughs> yeah, that's another superstar. So Josh Parkinson with Resonate Brand. Resonate helps you build beautiful, mobile-friendly websites, but more importantly, they help you build a web strategy that helps your business attract new customers, grow following, and get higher in the search listings. And if you want to create an online course or membership that sells automatically without you lifting a finger, they can help you build and sell that too. Please contact Resonate Web Leadership for a free consult and see what options they have for you. Go to www.resonateweb.com. Dot agency. Please tell Josh and his team that you heard about him uh, on the Gratitude Cafe with Sue Lundquist. All right, we are jumping in. What about the habit? The habit of courage. I love this. You guys know how passionate I'm. So practical. You know, I I I I, I work with 3D world and 5D world, but I'm so deep seated in the practicality and real life tools. And we've got habits, and we've got inner programming and self-sabotage and all of this juicy stuff. And I love the idea of the habit of courage. And with that, we have Kate Swoboda. Yes. Yes. I feel like there should be a drum roll. (laughs) Kate, I'm just going to bring you on, love. How are you? (laughs) I'm good. And I I mean, I think that that was a wonderful applicability of my name and proper, you know, I had to find a way to get applicable in there. Oh, nice. Isn't that, isn't that a hard word to it. say? It's pretty tricky. I need to like do a tongue twister, <laughs> applicable, applicable. Yes. All right. Kate, welcome, love. Um, obviously, Sue Lundquist here, and this is the Gratitude Cafe. I'm going to do a quick formal bio, and then we're going to jump in, and we're going to just talk about courage and you and, and everything that you're doing. So hold tight just a minute. All right, Kate is the creator of YourCourageousLife.com, director of the Courageous Living Coach Certification at TeamCLCC.com, and the author of The Courage Habit, How to Ace, Release the Past. That's not right. I can't. Access and release the past and live a courageous life. She helps individuals, teams, and companies see where old fear-based habits have kept people stuck and, okay, Kate, I'm just going to let you go with this because guess what? My bio sheet is completely shot. And that is so awful of me to have to do that to you. But you guys, I have to really, really, I admire what Kate's got going on with her appearance at Mind Body Green, Entrepreneur, USA Today, Forbes, Lifetime Moms, The Intelligent Optimist, and The Business Insider. She has got and has been named the top 50 blog for happiness by the greatest. She has spoken in conferences and seminars on the topic of courage as it relates to personal development, releasing overwhelm, which is huge, money mindset, wellness, increasing emotional resilience, 
and healthy goal setting using habit formation techniques. Miss Kate, welcome. How are you? <laughs> Thank you for having me. Thank I, you. I, I got to say, hey, girl, hey. Hey. <laughs> Yes, thank you so much for joining us. And sorry about that. I, I kind of messed that up a little bit, but we're going to just roll and go on with it. So talk to us. First of all, thank you so much for stepping in the rink and showing showing up and really teaching people about courage and how to overcome that. And I love the language that you say, habit, the courage of habit. Can we talk about that? And then we'll jump into your book and all that good stuff. Absolutely. Well, the courage habit, the concept behind it is that, you know, we have these ideas that we are a certain kind of person. And, the you know, we'll, we'll frequently have people who will describe themselves as, well, I'm a perfectionist or, um, you know, I have a lot of issues around people pleasing. Oh. But what people don't always stop to do is realize that, you know, little tiny babies are not born perfectionists or people pleasers. These are behaviors that we turn to as coping mechanisms to stay safe in the world, to feel more comfortable. Um, <clears throat> and those are behaviors that we have practiced often enough that they've become habits. And once those, I call them fear-based routines or fear-based patterns like perfectionism, people-pleasing, once those become practiced enough, we don't even realize that it's a habit. We think it's who we are. And to me, the courage habit is about going, where do I have a limitation in my life? How do I notice where on a, on a you know, habit basis, I'm turning to behaviors that actually don't get me where I'm wanting to go? And how do I use what we know about the science of the brain and how the brain works with habit formation to interrupt an old habit and change an old habit so that it can become something new? And the, the four habits that to change to, the behaviors that you can choose as an alternative, are what I detail in The Courage Habit. And I can talk about all of those today. Oh, fantastic. And I love, I love, and and I talk extensively about, and my language around this is below the line thinking. Above the line is, you know, in love and gratitude. Below the line is the fear and limiting beliefs. And I just want to jump into the tools and, and, and really help the audience with real life practicality. And, and how, mm-hmm. I mean, you talk about your steps and, and where's the limitations. I'm, I think I'm just going to let you lead with this one, love. Can you go through the four steps or, or dabble in them just a little? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, to best understand them, really talking about first how habit formation works in the brain Ooh, is usually the, yeah. the, the setup I give. And Perfect. so um, if anybody else here geeks out a little bit on how, yes. you know, the brain works and all that, then like you're my people. Basically. Oh, done. <laughs> you've, you've got a whole audience um, of those people then. Oh, good. Oh, good. Wonderful. Um, and I always try to put the disclaimer in there that if we have any, you know, brain surgeons or neuroscientists listening, like, forgive me, I'm not going to use like highly medical conceptual terms. I'm going to, you know, make it very reductive so that, you know, everybody like you and me can just kind of go, oh, okay, I understand what's going on. I love it, Kate. Um, That's the practicality. Yes. Yes. If it's not practical and actionable, it's, it's, not very useful. <laughs> well, it's not useful. And, and the audience knows this because I bring, I, I love the practicality. And if you don't understand something, how are you going to evolve? And if you don't understand or feel safe 
within the conversation, how are you going to feel safe enough to ask questions or to apply what you're learning? So absolutely. Yep. All right. Bring it, how Kate. It? Yes. Yeah. How are All habits right. formed? So, well, habits are controlled. Um, the brain is very complex, but they're predominantly controlled in um, a part of the brain called the basal ganglia. And I like to think of the basal ganglia as being like the brain's project manager. <laughs> if you're a project manager, you have a lot of things coming at you, and your job is to delegate what needs to happen with all the things that are coming at you. And with the basal ganglia, a lot of stimuli is coming at us at all times. And the basal ganglia's job is to look at that stimuli and go, have I seen this before? Yes? Great. Let's do what we did last time because that's most efficient for me to turn to right now. And when I don't know what to do with something, I feel stressed. And the basal ganglia just really wants to figure out how to not feel stressed as quickly as possible. And the problem is, or where that becomes problematic, um, is when we have a habit or when we have a behavior that we turn to that becomes a habit and the basal ganglia keeps going, well, I know that behavior, so let me choose it again even if it's not in the long-term interest of what the person wants for their life. Mm. So habits work on a cue, routine, reward loop. There's a cue, like a cue of fear. You decide, I want to write a book. And then you feel that cue of fear. And then there's the routine. And there are four predominant routines that people go into. I already named perfectionism and people-pleasing and pessimism and self-sabotage are the other two. Mm. And once I've broken down the whole example, I'm happy to go into more detail about those patterns too. Um, but basically there's that cue of fear. There's the fear routine people turn to, and the routine is designed to lead to the reward. So let's say you want to write a book. You feel the cue of fear. You go into perfectionism. Perfectionism is about control and overwork. And that's designed to lead you to the reward. And you might think to yourself, well, hold on a second. Perfectionism doesn't feel very good. I don't like, you know, like the control might feel kind of good for a little bit, but it always leads to burnout or it always leads to feeling like I'm not enough. How's that a reward? Well, the answer is it's a reward to your basal ganglia who wants to decrease stress as quickly as possible. And if you've been practicing perfectionism for a really long time, that's your comfort zone, and it's what's known. So the basal ganglia chooses it because that takes the stress down. And what we need to be doing is recognizing, okay, you're not going to get rid of the fear. There's always some level of fear when you go after things you want or step outside your comfort zone. So how do we then recognize the fear patterns, the habitual fear responses, and instead of going into the cue of fear routine of perfectionism or the cue of fear and the routine of pessimism, how about we do the cue of fear and then some part of the courage habit, which is accessing the body, listening without attachment, reframing limiting stories, reaching out and creating community. Because if you can create that as your new habit, when you feel stressed, when you feel overwhelmed, when you feel afraid, then you will get the longer-term reward of more emotional resilience. You won't wipe the fear away, but you will feel more like, okay, I'm afraid, and I don't totally know how this is going to go, but I'm willing to 
reach out and create community and not do it alone, or I'm willing to access the body, slow down, connect with my breath, or I'm willing to not believe my fear-based thoughts. And that is how people actually get from the conception of the goal to here is the goal. I've done the thing that I wanted to do, and I might have felt afraid while getting there, but I did it. Ah, oh, I love it. Okay, guys, did you get that? So you're talking about um, the cues. You've got cues of fear, and please correct me if I'm wrong. I'm writing as fast as I can because this is so juicy. Thank you, Kate. So the cue of fear, routine, perfectionism, people-pleasing, which, P.S., I'm a, a recovering people-pleaser, and pessimism, that all is part of a normal process of what you're going to be going through and as you step out of your norm, correct? I mean, depending right. on your like, old patterns. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, and then self-sabotage is in there as oh, that's right. a fear pattern as well. And, and yeah, absolutely. Like, at first, it's not, it's not, oh, how can I rush over to the courage habit behaviors? How do I just bypass the, the, the old stuff? Because that stuff has been practiced as a habit. So at first it's going to be, I feel the cue of fear, and I totally go into my perfectionism behaviors. And then, ooh, I got more conscious about it. I slowed down. I noticed, okay, instead of continuing with the perfectionism, how about I choose a different routine in the middle? Because perfectionism will only get the short-term reward of feeling a little bit in control, right? Mm. Or people-pleasing will only get the short-term reward of, it was intimidating to think of going after my dream. I decided to just put everybody else's priorities first, and now I don't have the intimidation of going after that dream. These are short-term reductions in stress. And when people learn how to recognize, I feel the cue of fear, I'm going into a fear-based routine, let me pause that, choose a courageous habit, then they get the longer-term reward instead of greater emotional resilience. Oh, I love that. So, you guys, I want to remind you, um, what we're talking about here is if you uh, find yourself in that cue of fear, routine, the perfectionism, the people-pleasing, pessimist, pe- pessimistic, um, and self-sabotage, you've got the courage habit, which is accessing the body, um, listening without attachment, reframe limiting stories, it's the same as limiting beliefs, Right. Is that, yeah. is that the same yeah. terminology that you use as well? And reaching mm-hmm. out to create community. You know what? Can you talk to me about number four with, within that courage habit of reaching out to create community? Because when you are in that fear and that routine of perfectionism and people-pleasing, and I know from personal experience, it was very difficult for me to reach out to community because I didn't trust myself based on my old limiting beliefs or based on my old fears. Can we talk about that a little bit and how to reach out to community even through that Absolutely. fear? Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, if reaching out and creating community feels like a lot, I invite people to try other parts of the courage habit process because Rather than really being steps, they don't have to proceed as steps. Like you could, you know, work on reframing some limiting stories. You could go to accessing the body. You could, you know, you could have any of these. You could do, you could actually use just one of these tools. But, mm. of course, it's more powerful if you're using all of them. Um, but I have some great news for anyone who's listening to the recording later or live today. You're already practicing reaching out and creating community because deciding to listen to your show 
which is called Gratitude Cafe, which talks about positive news, which talks about supporting people in moving out of limitations. That is part of the community that we are creating. So it's how do we surround ourselves with people, whether we are have real-time live access to them in our hometown or not, how do we surround ourselves with people who are really wanting to practice the values that surround courage, really wanting to be in a place of going, even when life seems really challenging, you can do this, you can shift, you can change, you can move forward. Um, so reaching out and creating community can consist of this. But then there's also a part of the Courage Habit book where I talk about really getting clear on how to recognize the people who are in the game with you versus those who are not. And the people who are not are not bad people. It's just that when you have your idea, that's your like big idea that you're super excited about, you want to be careful about not going to the person who is just kind of a wet blanket about oh. great ideas. You know, the person who's like, well, I don't know if it's realistic right now with the economy, the way it's like, if that's the feedback you want, if you want to consult with someone specifically about the viability of an idea, that's one thing. But I'm talking about um, if you know that someone is just not, if somebody's very risk averse, they're not the person to talk to about taking a risk in the name of your big dream. You, oh, you got to talk love- to the people who are going to support that. I love that. Now, audience, did you catch that? Because that's super valuable because that's another self-sabotage. Because when, yes, because when we go in and we've got all those people around us supporting our habits, supporting our limiting beliefs, supporting our old ways, the last thing you want to do is to go to those people that support that, that are used to that habit, used to that language and used to how you're showing up. Then you're going to ask them, oh, should I go write a book or should I go hike Kilimanjaro? And they're going to be like, "Mm, I don't know. And they're going to be having their old programs based on your guys' old habit and conversations. So finding people like Kate was talking about, and thank you for that little with the Gratitude Cafe, but it is, it's it's finding that community of like-minded that are above the line, above the line of support and compassion and gratitude, and really finding people that you can lean on that will help keep pushing you. Right, Kate? Pushing you with a positive mindset versus... I call it the Eeyore syndrome. We'll never make it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, one of my favorite pieces of research that I came across was that was around goal setting. And they did some research to find out what was the impact of, of telling other people about your goals and involving them. Um, they specifically looked at people who were raising money for a race okay. um, versus those who were doing a race without raising any money. And what they found was that involving other people in your goals and telling them what you were up to, creating community basically around a goal, um, not only did it make people more likely to achieve their goal, which is, of course, when you set a goal, what you want, you want to, you want the outcome, right? Right. Um, but participants who involved more people, um, and particularly participants who had a goal that benefited someone beyond themselves. So if you're raising money for a charity while you race, you're also benefiting other people in addition to yourself. Um, those people enjoyed the process of getting to the, the, the outcome more, which I thought was really great. I mean, we really need one another. And fear thrives in isolation, and it diminishes in community. So the more you can do to no- notice who the people are who you really can work with, um, 
and notice how you can find more opportunities to communicate with them, the better. And this isn't about creating like a, 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 a bubble of yes people who just say yes and never offer any critical Yes, feedback. thank you, Kate. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the people who I'm closest to when I tell them about an idea, it's the difference between, well, I don't know, or, mm, I mean, that might work for you. It never worked for me, but that might work for you, you know, which is like this kind of doubtful, pessimistic versus, oh, I can see that you're really lit up by that. I'm excited for you. You know, I wanted to know, though, if, you know, if you're considering a job change. Um, how are you going to navigate that amid the economy the way it is right now? It's like that's a curiosity that's asking a question. It implies that you know the answer to that, that you've thought about the answer to that because you're fully capable. Whereas the prior example I just gave, it's like this doubt and this pessimism and this I don't know that you're actually capable of this. Below the line, icky stuff. I mean, it all, it all, I say icky just for an adjective to describe, but. It all serves its purpose, right? And we're all achieving to overcome the below-the-line stuff. I love that. That is a great example. And you said, I, it's like a quotable. you gotta, you got to tweet this. Fear thrives in isolation. And then what was the last part? You said it something about... It diminishes in community. It what, it what in community? Diminishes. Diminishes. In community. That, was, that is yeah. a quotable, Kate. You must put yeah. that on Twitter or something. That's a quotable. Fear thrives in isolation. That is so true. Isolation within yourself, not feeling safe enough to be able to have somebody that you can talk to. And it does. You kind of get in a deeper, deeper hole. Um, All right, guys, we are. Yeah, let's do that, Kate. Let's take a quick commercial break. And when we come back, we're going to dive more into the courage habit. We will be right back. Sue Lundquist here with the Gratitude Cafe. Hi, this is Dr. Joe Dispenza. I wanted to take a moment and let you know about a nonprofit organization called Give to Give. The Give to Give Foundation was created by a group of people who have studied my work or have participated in my workshops around the world. And by applying the principles of mind over matter and the mind-body connection, they've created outstanding changes in their lives or in their health, and they wanted to give back. The organization is dedicated to providing the proper resources to those people in need to gain the opportunity to learn exactly how to change their body or their lives. If you want to learn more about the Give to Give Foundation, or you know someone that needs help, or you simply want to make a donation, visit givetogive.com. Those who give don't always know how to love. Those who love always know how to give. Thank you. Find out the latest about your favorite shows on Alternative Talk 1150. Check out 1150kknw.com. Do you make a positive difference in the world? Do you have a talent, philosophy, base of knowledge, product or service that you know could help a lot of people if only you could reach them? Join Alternative Talk 1150's family of broadcasters and start walking down a fruitful path as host of your very own program. Dial 425-653-1150 and find out just how affordable it can be to have a show on 1150 AM. That's 425-653-1150. Alternative Talk, we have an opportunity waiting just for you. I 
spend a lot of time in the garage, but even more time in the rain, sleet, and mud. In 95, I helped tow your moving trailer. In 05, I helped you get out of a ditch. Yeah, I know I'm a bit rusty, and sadly in 09, it was sparks from me. Your handy chains dragging behind your truck that accidentally started a wildfire. Sparks from dragging chains can start a wildfire. Spark a change, not a wildfire. Visit SmokeyBear.com. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Only you can prevent wildfires. Talk radio with a purpose. Alternative Talk 1150. All righty. Welcome back. Sue Lundquist here with the Gratitude Cafe. We are talking about habit formation, how are habits formed, fear patterns. Our guest today is Kate Swoboda. Did you guys catch that? And that is spelled K-A-T-E-S-W-O-B-O-D-A. And she has incredible information um, about creating the new habit, overcoming fears, if you are just joining us at the last part of the hour, you guys have got to go back and listen to the top of the hour because we talked about uh, the basal ganglia as the project <laughs> manager. I got it, didn't I, Kate? You did, yeah. <laughs> oh, and that little bugger, that project manager, although it does its it does its job, um, it basically it it doesn't want you to feel stressed. And other things that come up around that, as Kate was talking about. Um, we're, we were talking about how habits are formed, where they're formed, why, the, why are they formed, and also fear patterns. We talked about then choosing. So you have fears, you have routine, you have perfectionism, you have people pleasing. All of these below, I call them below the line, um, but you can then choose, as Kate um, talks about in her book and, and her public speaking, the courage habit, accessing the body. These are your tools, um, people's. This is courage, habit, accessing the body without attachments and reframing limiting stories and reaching out to create community. So reaching out to create community, I had a question around that because when I was jumping into um, my evolution and I, I was I had some fear based below the line things that were coming up for me, my limiting beliefs or uh, the fear thrives in isolation. That is a Kateism. You know that, right? <laughs> Kateism and a tweeter. Um, yeah, fear does thrive in isolation. So my question to Kate was talking about reaching out to community. And her answer was, um, you know, like it's the Gratitude Cafe or Finding Community Radio uh, programs, Gaia, all of these um, positive reinforcements, not the news, because that's and that's certainly not my my focus at all. But if you can create a community of like-minded, not the Eeyore syndrome people, the ones that are going to keep you stagnant and keep you, um, you know, safe in that old habit, uh, there's so much opportunity on the other side of fear. And with that, we are going to, and I've actually got a question for Kate. And the question, honestly, is what's something you wish more people understood about fear? 
Mm, that's a great question. There's so much opportunity on the other side of fear, right? Yes, yes. Well, I mean, the biggest thing that I wish that people understood about fear is that fear is a normal emotion to have. Yes. It is part of stepping outside of your comfort zone. And as soon as you start paying attention to it, that's the invitation slash challenge slash opportunity I would give to anybody listening is pay attention to this because you will find once you do that we are a culture that really tries to eradicate fear or talks about being fearless, um, that really pathologizes fear and sees it as a sign of weakness. But the reality is that fear, or if you want to call it stress or overwhelm or anxiety, um, because sometimes people don't like the word fear, um, whatever you want to call it, it's, it's a normal part of stepping beyond our current frame of reference stepping into the unknown, and it's vulnerable. And instead of trying to, you know, a futile attempt really to arrange a life where you never feel afraid, um, it is a much more life-giving choice to decide, okay, I'm going to stop trying to get rid of fear. I'm going to stop even seeing it as bad or wrong. And there, um, you know, the, the way that I see that people typically deal with fear, I relate to the feminist theorist. Karen Horney, who talked about how people are in relationships. And so there are three ways, when it's dysfunctional, there are three ways we deal with relationships, and those three ways also apply to fear. Um, We avoid, Mm. we placate, or we attack. So avoiding fear, pretty obvious. People who want to be fear deniers, spiritual bypass, if I can just do law of attraction enough, I'll never feel afraid, because fear is bad. So that's a total avoidance of fear doesn't work. It's, it's like I tell people, instead of putting your energy into just that, and I don't have a problem at all with like positive affirmations or any of that. It's just when it's, when it's done to try to um, eradicate a process that is totally normal, that can be worked through, it's wasted energy. Mm. Placating fear, that's a, a chronic perfectionism, you know, kind of a thing. So if I can just do it perfect enough, my fear won't come up. If I research enough, if I think it through enough, if I plan enough, people pleasers will sometimes do this. If I ask enough people their opinions, I won't feel afraid because somebody will give me the answer. So that's mm. placating fear. And then the third way that people deal with fear, and this is what you see a lot of memes on about kicking fear's butt and all that stuff. I use a different word usually. Um, <laughs> Thank you. And that's attacking your fear and that's where you try to tell fear to shut up and go away or people write a letter to their fear where they call it names and then they burn it you know and it's like no three ways we're trying to deal with fear avoid placate and attack they don't work and also your fear is wounded your fear is a part of who you are you cannot unconditionally love yourself except for this part over here which is fear i'll just tell it to shut up no it doesn't work if you want to actually stop having fear control you, you've got to do what you can to notice where it comes in to control you. And that's part of why accessing the body and listening without attachment, reframing these stories, reaching out and creating community, these things are all about not letting fear control you. It might show up, but it doesn't dictate your next move. And then you've got to do what you can to heal the wounding behind the fear. Because actually what's behind the fear is this very tender part of who we all are that just doesn't want to get hurt. 
And so if you're thinking of writing the book, you go, oh, don't write that. It'll be stupid, you know, and it's like your fear is abusing you (laughs) to try to get you not to take the risk of writing a book that could be criticized. Your fear is, is hopping in and trying to control what's happening because it feels unsafe. So, you know, we can take this model to children. What's a better thing to do with children? Avoid them, placate them, attack them when they're throwing a temper tantrum, or try to help them feel safe so they can calm down when they're having a temper tantrum. Um, I'm the mother of a five-year-old, and every single day, my job, I think, is to choose the latter. (laughs) You're in the heat of it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, you are. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've, yeah, and... uh, Thank you. This is beautiful. I love that. Um, and I've and you may not know this, but I've raised or still raising, I guess. I've got three teenagers and all girls. P.S. Which ugh, I've this this has been a petri dish for me. You know, overcoming my fears, my limitation, and those fears coming up. And I love what you said and using the example of children when they're in fear. Would you avoid them? Would you placate them? Would you attack them? Heavens, no. You allow them the space and love on them and allow them the space to, um, I, I do at least, to, to release that fear. And then when they're done with the tantrum or the release of whatever that energy is, then we can then have the conversation. How can I support you? What's going on? Is that is that kind of what you do or is there more to it? Well, what you're talking about, first of all, love your wisdom and you sharing that powerful question of how can I support you is one of my favorites. Um, even if they don't know, even if they don't know, then we dive into the question because a lot of the kids are like, I have no idea how you can support me. And then we talk, but just being asked, you know, is it it communicates dually both. I'm here if you need me. And I trust that, you know, and you could be in the driver's seat for how I could support you rather than I'm coming in to fix or placate. Right. Yeah. The big thing that I would say is the work where it really starts is with that internalized critical voice. Because a lot of people, you know, I gave this, this statement a moment ago, of you can't say I want to practice unconditional love for myself, except for this piece over here, which that part is stupid and fear and it needs to go away. And why does it set up already? Doesn't work. It's not kind. And, you know, if we want to get out of this cycle, we have to practice with that voice, I think. So, A lot of people are walking around abusing themselves. Mm -hmm. And if you practice abuse, you become an abuser. Mm -hmm. So if we took a child, I'll I'll use the child example. Okay. If we took a child and and that child was throwing a tantrum or saying things that were, were not kind, if we lock it in a closet to avoid it, that's child abuse. If we placate that child, try to endlessly please it so that it's never upset, might work in the short term, but you're going to raise a child who is running around wanting a lollipop to deal with every single one of life's difficulties, and you're going to run out of lollipop. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's a metaphor for that. That's you yeah. Know, what? What? Who are you raising? What's? Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. There's no resilience there. And it, again, if we have a child and it's saying things that are unkind, and we attack it, then again, you're back into child abuse. If mm. you practice abuse you are becoming the abuser. But that is exactly what the majority of all people do with the critical voice within. That critical voice within comes up and says not nice things. And it says those not nice things because just like a child, it doesn't have the skills 
to navigate the stress in any other way. It doesn't know how or it would because it doesn't feel good to say things like, oh, they're just going to laugh at you. You think you're capable of that? Well, they already did that idea. They were so much better. Oh, don't be stupid. Come on, be realistic. Those voices within us, when we say them to ourselves, and we learned those voices from other people who were wounded, who didn't have a better skill set, they got passed on. But as soon as you're listening to this right now and you go, oh, that was passed on to me. I didn't have control over that, but I do have control over right here, right now, my life, my way, that is the intervention point. It is on you. So how do you treat that person that's within you that is angry and vulnerable and sad and hurting and wounded? Do you abuse it by telling it to shut up? Do you placate it by saying, oh, it's fine, and, and, you know, without even really dealing with it? Or do you attack it? You know, and it's, it's like you can't do those things and expect a different result. That's, that's the, the big piece. Fear is not bad. It's not a monster. I don't even call my own fear names. I don't call my fear a monster. I don't call it a gremlin. Um, you know, it's like, why would I do that? Because when you understand something, you can have that doorway of compassion for it. And what I have compassion for is that when my fear kicks up, it desperately needs help. It wants help. It doesn't want to say mean things. It thinks in that moment that it has to say mean things to save me, to keep me safe. Mm. So I'm going to share a little bit. Thank you, Kate. That was beautiful. So my fear or my below the line stuff that I've called it, and and I, and the audience is, has known this. I, I'm a big big proponent of the CCs, I, and it's called compassionate curiosity. Always have the CCs in life, and um, I call my below the line stuff my drunk monkey, and it's not. It's and it makes me giggle because I and it's and it comes from a compassionate giggle because I know that it just doesn't know any better because it's a drunk monkey. <laughs> So that gives me a little it, it versus, you know, the 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 language that you were using earlier about it, you know, like abusing it or attacking it, um, avoiding it, placating it, any of those. Um, oh, Kate, this is so juicy. I love this audience. If you're just tuning in, we um, have been talking about uh, how habits are formed. Uh, the last few minutes we've been talking about fear and Kate has been meticulously telling us and talking and educating us about how normal the emotion of fear is. And it is absolutely, it is absolutely normal. Fear is a normal emotion. Back in the Stone Age, you know, you had the fight or flight. And of course, you know, and I think, Kate, maybe you've done statistics on this, but there are so many people that are in that fear, that fight or flight. And is there statistics out there? I mean, I know that I see so many people that are so, um, my language, spun out in that fear, that's become, like you said earlier, their habit. That's their norm. So when they start to change, it doesn't feel comfortable to them, but, but it doesn't feel comfortable because they have a chemical reaction in their body that is reinforcing the old habit and the old pattern. Yeah, and I try to differentiate when I hear fight, fight or flight, um, so specifically how I see my own work helping people is for people who um, 
don't necessarily have a background that has trauma in it. Okay. But who are people who, like, they feel the insecurity of wanting to go out and get back into date, the dating world, but they aren't quite there yet. They're feeling the fear. Got um, you. They want to become life coaches, but they go, well, who am I to be a, a you know, a life coach? What do I know? I, I don't, I, I couldn't run a business. You know, those are the sorts of fears. And then fight or flight, which also goes with freeze, is related to the world of trauma. And for me as a coach, I, I'm very big on, like, if somebody has trauma, I want them to work with a psychotherapist because that psychotherapist has so much more training than oh, I specifically brilliant. have. Brilliant. But okay. with that having been said, the tools of accessing the body or reframing limiting stories, all of the tools that are the courage habit tools, they all are validated by research. So I'm not pulling them out of thin air or anything like that. Like I looked at studies that of um, clinical studies that worked with populations everywhere from addiction to anxiety disorders to eating disorders, like, like all across the spectrum. And particularly in, for instance, dialectical behavior therapy, all of the parts of the courage habit are supported by research. So whether someone is um, manic depressive or uh, situationally depressed because they recently lost a loved one or they're struggling with addiction, dialectical behavior therapy has found that it's very effective for their populations that they've studied to slow down, access the body, bring in that mindfulness. Mm. Look at what the thoughts are, reframe them in a really conscious way, reach out, create community, don't try to go it alone. So I would imagine that these tools would be applicable for somebody dealing with trauma, although particularly with trauma, with accessing the body, I always want somebody to have the support of a psychotherapist because for some people with trauma, um, they might uh, they might go into a state intending to be mindful, and then it could bring up something unexpected. And I wouldn't want someone to be re-stimulated around a prior trauma. Oh, brilliant. And disclaimer, thank you for that, Kate. That was brilliant. Um, wow. So yummy. I, I mean, we're literally starting to run out of time, and I just want to keep talking. <laughs> this is so good. So uh, fun. I love this. Okay, so let me ask you guys, and I'm going to just kind of, I've got some notes here, and I just want to make sure, audience, that um, you're, you're up to speed here. So we talked with Kate about fear, and yes, it is a normal emotion. Uh, pay attention to it. That's what Kate is offering you. Pay attention to it. Be aware of it. Look at it. Where does it control you is one question. Then heal the wounding is another one. And Kate was talking about three ways that we deal with fear, and that could be avoidance. And she did a great analogy with children. So go back and, and please um, re-read re this, but also re-listen to the program. And I think you should just re-listen to it over and over again. Anyways, because it's really good information for your skill set and self-regulating tools. So three ways to deal with your fear. Um, avoidance, to placate, and to attack. Attack your fear placate your fear, avoid your fear. Um, you've got a critical voice in there, guys. How about picking up her book and really getting some incredible tools to help you with, you know, mindset strategies, self-regulating tools, and to help you with that courageous habit um, and accessing your body. These are, these are the top four, the accessing the body, 
um, without attachment, reframing those limiting stories, and then reaching out to create community. You heard me talk about this. Kate said a, a Kate-ism, and I'm making this up as I go, a fear thrives in isolation. <laughs> I'm just giving you Kate-isms as we go. Are you good with that? <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And uh, how can people find out more information about you? And then I would love to uh, dabble in um, a conversation around you being a director of a life coach certification program. Um, but before that, can you give everybody your website and how they can get a hold of your book? Sure. Well, my book is, I like to say, at fine booksellers everywhere, oh, Barnes and Noble, all that. Yes. Um, and on Amazon, so The Courage Habit. Um, and if somebody goes to couragehabit.com, they can see all the different places, independent booksellers, things like that. Um, and then you can uh, find me at yourcourageouslife.com or at teamclcc.com. Not teen as in teenager, but teen as in like a team. <laughs> I got you. T-E-A-M. Yeah. And I will make sure. I've got all that posted on the website and Facebook and everything as well. So for those of you that many of you are out there driving as well, please go to suelundquist.com and get all that information for you. I just don't want any disclaimer. Don't, don't, don't pull out your pen. Yeah, don't do it while you're driving. All right. Okay. I alluded to the director of a life coach certification program and um, Kate was talking about the website and it is team t-e-a-m-c-l-c-c dot com um, how do you train coaches and to be knowledgeable about fear patterns oh gosh very this carefully yummy um, so <laughs> I mean I really think of our program as being some parts life coach training and some parts like high level mastermind because you know the way out is through so we we use an experiential model meaning that instead of talking to everybody and going well here's how you might work with a client about resistance or fear or habit formation and shifting habits we go um how about you you know, you trainee who's wanting to work with clients, how do you handle your fear and what's effective or not effective about that? And let's have you try on this new tool and what's the stumbling block that you run into or the place where you get stuck and how are you going to navigate that? And of course, we you know coach people through those things. And so we really look at it as you are the entry point for the work that you're going to do with clients. And we, you know, model all of our guidelines and uh, curriculum after the ICF core competencies. And um, it's a pretty rigorous program. We, we say to people that it's going to bring up all your stuff, but it's going to be the best thing that ever happened to you. And, um, you know, we really are about how do we work with a really specific targeted group for the better part of a year. So we don't have just like a bunch of different drop in anytime you want. You know, we have a rigorous application process and then you get into the program and then it's nine month program um, from start to finish. And we really look at how is it that each individual in our program is facing her own fear because we believe that, you know, the path that you walk is what's going to equip you to be able to go out into the world and support other people. So very Carl Rogers informed, very person-centered, um, and very holistic. So I also am not interested in teaching people to coach just like me. I want everybody to 
take what they like, leave the rest. You will see me coach. You'll see other people on our leadership team coach. And you'll take bits and pieces and develop your own unique coaching style. So that's, that's the program. I don't want to keep going on and on and on because the program's kind of like my other baby. I have Aww. my baby that I actually gave birth to. and then <laughs> Well, you gave birth uh, to all great. of these, but just metaphorically uh, yes. speaking, yes. Yeah, and so, you know, Courageous Living Coach Certification, the idea being that you will emerge as this person who is stepping into more courageous living at the same time that you are supporting other people and stepping into more courageous living. And sometimes I hear people say, I don't know, there's too many life coaches in the world, and my comeback is, no, there are too many corporate lobbyists trying to figure out how to you know, take over pipelines and pollute water in the world. There are too many people trying to sell the world, especially small children, and get them hooked on sugary sports drinks, oh. you know, in the world. Oh, girl, there that's are not a whole too many story. life coaches oh, yeah. going, I want to support people in the world. Oh, I love that. Well, my, my honestly, I was it was going to work with this little segue question of what would be your ideal coach, but you've, you've already completely <laughs> talked about your target um, so if, and if, please correct me, Kate, if I'm wrong, this is a rigorous nine month program and this is you stepping and you doing your own courageous living and then figuring out what works with you under the curriculum of what Kate is teaching. And then you being the coach from your own voice, from your own experiences, not, not mimicking or being like somebody else. And I love that you said that there's not enough coaches out there because everybody's different. I know if I'm interviewing somebody that wants to work with me and it's not a match, I will absolutely give them people that um, I trust and to see if that's a good match. Um, there, there needs to be more people standing in the rink and um, stepping into their power like this and having a courageous living, a courageous life and uh creating a courageous and courage habit. I love this conversation, Kate. Ah, you should see this. I've got like five sheets of notes. (laughs) Oh, it's wonderful. Okay. So let's remind people how to get a hold of you, obviously to all of the wonderful book selling um, places out there, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, all of that. You can also, if you are interested in now, the team, clcc.com, that's specific to the coaching. Is that correct? Or they can go there and get all the information? Uh, they can go there and get um, the coaching information. So okay. the Courageous Living, CLCC stands for Courageous Living Coach Certification. So okay. if people go to that website, it's just coach-focused. And then yourcourageouslife.com has um, information about me or the Courage Habit book or you know things like that. Perfect. All right. Yourcourageouslife.com. Please look, Kate, up. Please get this book. Oh, you guys hear me talk about real life practical tools, skill sets, self-regulating. That fear, it's normal. Be aware of it. Where is it controlling you? We have talked about so much. We've given you so many great practical tools uh, and how habits are formed. All this incredible, juicy stuff. Please go to yourcourageouslife.com. Get more information about Kate. All right, guys, we will see you next week. And Sue Lundquist here, SueLundquist.com, the Gratitude Cafe. So until next time, each of you are a gift. Get out there and share yourself with the world. If you like the show, help more people find us by adding your review of the show on iTunes. The more reviews we get, the more people we can reach with this inspiring message on the Gratitude Cafe. Simply search for Gratitude Cafe in iTunes, hit subscribe, and add your honest review. 
It would help us immensely and we'll be forever grateful. It's one of the best ways you can give back to the show with your review. Thanks for tuning in to the Gratitude Cafe. Don't forget, every week is a new show and you could submit your questions at sulonquist.com forward slash gratitude cafe. The show goes live at 8 a.m. Pacific Standard Time in Seattle on Seattle's Alternative Talk AM 1150. You can also call in to the show at 425-373-5527 or 888-298-5569. Find the live streaming link at sulonquist.com forward slash gratitude cafe. We'll see you next week.